This week on the TBI podcast, we've got all the news from Germany and Berlin Isle. We take a trip to Liverpool for showcase and we look at everything that is happening here in the UK as it takes centre stage with the UK screenings. Hi there, welcome to the latest TBI podcast. I'm Stuart Clark, editor of TBI, and I am joined as ever by Jesse Whittock. Hello, Stuart. How are we doing? Not bad. Um, so, Jesse, we're sitting here in London in our wonderful studio, and you are fresh back with tales of Norwegian firefighters, no less, from ITV Formats Festival. So tell, tell our listeners, first of all, what that is before we then get into hearing about the Norwegians. All right. So uh, ITV, for about the last six years, have been holding a Formats Day, uh, sort of pre-MIP TV to... Uh, sort of preempt and and inform their production community and, and buying community about sort of what's coming up at MIP TV a bit further down the line. Uh, perhaps some of the stuff that's uh, you know already out there that they want to kind of give a, a little re kind of refresh to. Um, yeah, and so I've been down at the Hamyard Hotel today, uh, nice venue uh, for their what they've now rebranded as the ITV Studios Format Festival. Um, all, all entertainment stuff. So everyone's talking about scripted all the time, but this is actually this is pu- this formats. is purely formats. I mean, and it's actually going on as we record. There are there are sort of producer sessions going on. Uh, they allowed us hacks in there for the morning and then sort of booted us out. You know, fair enough. As they we were talking about the tricks of the trade of the of the formats within that group, um, and and yeah, so it was a kind of uh, a series of presentations from various parts of the ITV group. So you had Talpa Media down there. Uh, Martin Mice was talking about a couple of new formats. Uh, one taking sort of eighty year olds around the world on a trip. Um, another one that's kind of a, a, a taking families, dumping them in a different part of the world. Re, you know them rebooting their lives um, which is interesting actually which is very much like a new BBC worldwide format where people kind of go for a, a life swap uh, type situation they're like they, they're moved to another part of the world absolutely given a you know uh, given some cash and, uh, and, and and basically given a year to decide whether they want to have a new life um, uh, there was Israelis were down there so uh, there, there was uh, an exec from Reshet talking about the, the slightly rebooted uh, Game of Chefs format um, and one that certainly got some attention was from uh, ITV's Norwegian arm uh, it's a TV format called Best Firefighter uh, which is like firefighting documentary meets reality TV so it's competition uh, you know, it's firefighters, so they're pretty, sexy they're pretty sexy and healthy. And uh, uh, one of them's gone viral as the sexiest fireman or fire firewoman. I don't fireman. I think we say is the term. Fire I don't person. know. Fire person in probably, the world. You probably don't care if there's a fire. Well, exactly. I don't know how to, how you know whether it's important. You're particularly sexy whilst fighting fire. But um, that, that certainly got some uh, some interest from people in the room. Um, and what else was there? There was this time next year was uh, it was interesting. Melanie Leach uh, was talking about uh, the sort of success of that format, and we all know Melanie from uh, from from Two Four, uh, which is the production group and production arm of ITV that created the format. Because um, they sold that, didn't they? They sold that all over the world before it actually launched on ITV. That's right, and they actually sell that through Two Four Rights, which is the it's a sort of sub brand of of ITV. And they're saying today. Um, that two more seasons, two more seasons on ITV. Uh, it certainly caught the imagination of, of the British public, and it's done pretty good ratings. So they're going for two more, um, and there also will be. A, it looks like they're sort of branching the format out slightly. Um, so instead of it being a show, a kind of makeover show where someone sets themselves a target, 
um, walks through uh, one door and through the magic of television, seven seconds later, comes out a year later, having either achieved or failed their task, um, that they're going to move that franchise on to property. Uh, so there'll be people talking about maybe, you know, flipping a house or building a house or whatever it is. Seven seconds later, we find out whether they've you know, wasted a load of money or if they've built a fantastic new pad. Uh, and there's also going to be a business version as well, uh, which seemed pretty interesting. Karen Brady's involved in that. Um, and it's, you know, it, it, that, that is a kind of a new take on what some people might say is quite a stage genre, uh, the kind of business competition, uh, business formats. Um, so, yeah, there was some really good stuff down there. Uh, Daniela Busoli, the ex-Fremantle Brazil uh, chief's new company formata presented. Uh, Potato presented a couple of new formats. So, yeah, you know, all in all, ITV looking pretty strong and healthy. Jesse, one thing we've seen is a lot of Taupa shows are moving across from the Netherlands to ITV. As, like, as you... As you may expect might happen seeing as those are two companies in the in the same group exactly so let's think about the stuff that you saw this morning and the buyer saw this morning was anything there anything there looked like it was going to be strong enough to be on free tv over in the uk well in the last year we've seen things like five golden rings transferring over uh that's a game show format which you know is kind of very classically talper and if you know that company you'll know what what i mean by that um and today they had they showed two formats one uh, was like taking sort of i think it was 80 year old giving them you know various like uh, life-changing experiences uh and and a number of formats in the last few years have shown that though that age group actually you know can bring in really good ratings so you've had you know the the small world show that was sold to nbc uh, grandpa's over flowers which comes from south korea it's a you know similar style of show which has done very well um so you know that that could transfer over um and the second show was a kind of uh life swap sort of thing um you know a family well three families dutch families going over to chile uh, with 75,000 euros, I believe, uh, trying to forge a life for themselves over there. And interestingly, that's similar to a new BBC show from Auntie Productions of BBC Studios um, called The Day I Fell to Earth, where you get people at a crossroads in their life who are literally taken to a different part of the planet, dropped in, just to kind of see if the grass is greener, I guess. Which all, it, it all builds on that sort of, you know, wife swap, life swap. And you know, maybe in at the deep end, kind of you know, yeah. It's, ideas, it's a staple it? TV format, isn't it? So you know, uh, the, in, in answer to your question, would ITV take either of those shows? Possibly, I'd say it's a very, it's a very possible. Because it looks like they're taking Cannonball, the Talper physical game show. They've got yeah. Wishing Tree, uh, Five Dance, Golden Dance, Rings, Dance, Golden Rings. So you know, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the biggest shock in the world, would it? No, absolutely not. So the ITV formats festival that we saw this morning, that's. That's not a standalone. That's part of something kind of quite big that's happening in London over the next few weeks, where we're seeing a lot of the London-based distribution companies, the the real the big players mostly, uh, doing their show and tell, wheeling out the red carpet for buyers. Yeah, absolutely. And this is all on the back of uh, the BBC Showcase, which we'll talk about uh, in a bit more depth in a few minutes, um, which is ostensibly bringing in hundreds and hundreds of buyers to the UK. So at the moment, there's definitely a, the highest proportion of buyers in the world are, are here in the British Isles. Um, so you've got like the likes of Endemol Shine, uh, E1, Passion, 
you know, various companies running either showcases or screenings days, uh, very much in the same way that ITV were doing, to, to capitalise on all those people who are in town and who would, who would like to see what those companies have alongside the stuff that, that Worldwide will launch. So what, what are we going to hear about when, over the next few weeks as these guys have their, their showcases? They've all got different names, but effectively that's what, that's what they are. So what have E1 got, for example? Uh, so E1 have got a new Channel 4 uh, comedy drama called Gap Year, which looks quite fun. Uh, they're still pushing Designated Survivor, as you would expect. It's got a worldwide Netflix deal, but, you know, it's done very well on ABC. So, so they're uh, pushing Second Window on that. I, I think so, yeah. Um, but Gap Year is interesting. It's it's about, you know, as, as you might expect, a couple of young uh, sort of university age lads who decide to go to China and then extend that trip out to Asia. I like it because one of the lad, lads wears a Queen's Park Rangers 2011-2012 orange away shirt, which I thought I would never see again. Um, I can only imagine some of the production staff are Rangers fans because otherwise it makes no sense at all. We'll have to agree to disagree on that one, Jesse. <laughs> um, and then, it's uh, a beauty. Looking at Endemol Shine... They've got Gorilla, haven't they? They're going to be showing a bit of Gorilla, which is a new Idris Elba drama. Yeah, yeah so he's producing it and he's uh, he's starring or he's, he's co-starring in it along with uh, Frida Pinto. Uh, and it's a, it's a kind of uh, racially charged uh, period piece set in the 1970s in London. Um, and it's and it's about political activism and and sort of racial lines. So it's you know it's really interesting. You might have guessed from those topics who who's written it. It's John Ridley, uh, you know, who's who wrote American Crime and uh, Twelve Years a Slave. So it's going to be heavy. There's no doubt about that. Um, it looks really really stylishly shot and really stylishly done. Um, it's yeah, it's a, it's a good one. And, and um, Idris Elba kind of competing for the hardest working man in TV title at the moment. He did his kind of discovery boxing match. He certainly did. He's got loads of docs through his own production company coming up. Yeah, that's right. He, he acts in a, in a few movies, I've heard. One, you know, the old um, movie here and there. He's a DJ. He's got a residency in Kensal Rise, if uh, anyone likes the uh, Paradise Nightclub, I believe it is. Um, he's, down, he's down there quite a bit. So, um, he, he's busy. Uh, Idris is and Fremantle. Fremantle are going to be pushing the Neil Gaiman adaptation. That's really starting to to kind of build a head of steam in terms of buzz. We've seen the artwork for it. It looks it looks pretty fantastic. Amer- American Gods, yeah, it looks great. I've heard about on the grapevine. They probably wouldn't want me to talk about at this stage, which also sound interesting. They've got lots of different ideas coming through the various production companies they've bought into over the last few years. So like Kwai from France are bringing some stuff through. Uh, American Gods is coming through. Which it's, is for stars in the States. Yeah, it's for stars, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so that, that they'll be pushing sort of, you know, heavily on the on the drama side, really. Well, well, of course, they don't have in terms of drama is uh, a certain executive who left this week. Yeah, well, well, she's there until the summer. But um, yeah, for those of you who know Georgia Brown, um, who is their EVP of I think of Factual and Scripted, um, she is moving over to Amazon. Um, that she's got a big new job there as director of original TV for Europe. So effectively, if you're trying to get a European TV show made through Amazon, she's she's going to be the go-to person. And Morgan Wandell is in London as well. It's a, it's a kind of statement of intent, isn't it? And they're and completely, yeah. I mean, they're looking to, you know, rival and probably beat Netflix uh, in Europe in terms of original production. Um, and we're going to have a bit more on that rivalry later in the podcast. 
Um, some of the other showcases, so we've got Cineflix uh, are launching some new true crime stuff. They've got a nice documentary uh, about uh, the Lego Empire, uh, sort of Christmas special that they had on Channel 4, which was I, I caught some of, which is really quite an interesting show. Um, They've also got that kind of on, almost using another sort of inside access uh, type documentary uh, they've got the same, haven't they? Inside Dior, the the fashion house. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I mean, as as you know, as fashionable as I look, um, I don't know too much about Dior, but I do know from that sh- the the blurb that that show is about them gearing up for a bit a major uh, season launch, and they've got a new head designer coming in. So it's you know it's it's access to companies that don't necessarily open their doors to everyone. So you know, interesting if you're buying in that in that market. Obviously, both of us are sitting here head to toe in Dior, but I, I'm guessing that we're both going to watch the Lego one first. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then All Three Media International, they're doing something uh, in London as well, about 150 buyers. What they've done is they filmed a lot of interviews this time. So they've got people turning up there, particularly this is all about drama for them. They've got people turning up, but they're going to relay a lot of kind of the starry interviews uh, which means that their new Singapore office and other parts of the world can either stream or, or watch it at a later date. Because even though there's hundreds of buyers in London, there's still hundreds and thousands, I guess, of buyers who, who aren't there. But they're going to be talking about Clique, which is the show from Brian Elvesley, uh, the Skins guy. He exec produces it, and it's about a pair who go to university and get involved in this kind of ultra-competitive clique there. It looks like quite interesting. Um, they're also talking about Liar, which is a, a sort of... Uh, a psychological thriller and a romance at the same time, and the new series of Safe House. So uh, they, they've got a lot going on. Okay. Um, Passionate also running a showcase. Uh, the I went to it last year. It was really good fun. They uh, they were doing a lookalike show at the time, and they had sort of you know not David Beckham and not Victoria Beckham and not Gordon Ramsay and not a load of other people there. Not uh, Winston Churchill back from the dead. Um, yeah, that was really good fun. Um, there's there's a ridiculous picture going around on the internet of me with a not Katy Perry, uh, <laughs> which which people around the TV industry have laughed at me at in the last year. Um, but this time round, uh, they're going to be pushing things like uh, they've got a special called Not Today Bianca, uh, which is. Base, it's it's a two part comedy special. I think which they might try and sell as one part. Uh, it was it was for a, a US channel and it basically follows one of the winners of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's a woman called Bianca Del Rio, uh, a kind of mock comedy uh, factual uh, mashup as she tries to break into Hollywood. Um, so that's that's one nice one. Uh, and for any any buyers who've got aches and pains, Doctor Christian will be there, right? Yeah, exactly. He's going to be in town. Uh, they've got a new show called uh, Doctor Christian. We'll see you now. Uh, I think that's the name. Uh, and that is as for those of you who don't know, Doctor Christian Jessen is the guy who uh, has presented shows such as like Embarrassing Bodies. Um, and it, this is him basically as a doctor, as much as a presenter diagnosing people's physical and mental ailments um so you know nice good solid factual there from from passion uh, and they always put on a, a good do at the ivy so i'm looking forward to that next week it, in fact maybe as you listen to this i may be there drinking some of their cocktails meeting again the the real not casey perry I've heard she might turn up. It's possible. Arguably, the reason that a lot of these London events are happening is because BBC Worldwide has such a huge showcase event now in Liverpool, 700 buyers, that they attract all of that buying power 
to the UK, which kind of means that the other distributors see the opportunity. I mean, I think in the past they've done things when Showcase was in Brighton, they were kind of people were always vying for buyer attention, but I don't think there was kind of a UK screenings in the way there is now. No, that's true. Uh, and you, you know, you speak to people in the industry, they'll they'll tell you that um, the reason the showcase was moved up to Liverpool, you know, the city of the Beatles, was basically because there were so many buyers who were not necessarily turning up to Brighton because the you know the distance between Brighton and London is a lot closer than uh, London and Liverpool. Um, so I mean, but in, in a sense, regardless of whether that is true or not, what the showcase has created um, is a huge volume of people in Britain at one time. So that is why the other distributors are kind of putting on events around showcase they're very careful not to do anything at the same time because i think they they all appreciate that the opportunity exists because of worldwide jens richter from Fremantle media international um if you read our supplement uh, digital supplement that we just launched uh on the the uk screenings said very specifically thank you very much in big letters to bb to the bbc because that has created the opportunity you know uh, and if they all kind of work together in a sense in the same way that the US networks do around the LA screenings and the upfronts then you know it's it's more business for everyone and moving into Liverpool so Jesse while you're at, at Passion I think I'm either on a train or on the on the way to Liverpool or on the way back from Liverpool but it's an interesting time for BBC Worldwide because you can see that Top Gear still hugely important internationally but has had a bit of a rough time you can see Sherlock season 4 critically and ratings wise in the UK didn't didn't pull deliver up deliver in the way yeah, it has done didn't no. pull up trees but again it's still massive but but the point being that maybe they need a new wave of international hits to come through I think so I was speaking to them ahead of time and, and it was interesting there's lots and lots of drama launching there's Broken the Jimmy McGovern show with Sean Bean there's uh, Top of the Lake 2 China Girl with Nicole Kidman which looks fantastic you know that's a classic bit of new school A-list film inspired TV I guess um, but they're really keen to talk up formats this time uh, they've invested a lot in their formats and entertainment business uh, and Tracy Forsyth w- was keen to talk about Let It Shine and some of the other fact tents so that, that's the take that inspired music format right that's right which is now going head to head with The Voice in the UK which is interesting because of course The Voice has moved from the BBC to ITV and The Voice Um, is actually winning at the moment The Voice is edging it isn't it as as we speak Um, the other big launch is Ocean as we sit here it's called Ocean Uh, I think there might be a name change in the works effectively that's a follow up a decade and a bit later to Blue Planet Uh, it's a huge epic bit of blue chip um, factual filmmaking it's kind of what the Beeb is, is best known for and coming off the back of planet earth they're really giving that a lot of attention so they're giving that their, their kind of prime time Tuesday night slot where all the buyers are together in one room and normally that's about promoting a drama or a big entertainment show but but this year it's all about ocean so it kind of shows uh, it's a statement of intent I think with that show yeah there's a there is a feeling that uh Blue, uh, that, sorry, that planet Earth really tapped into demographics that were had been considered for a long time unattainable by blue chip factual. So, you know, it was beating and, and smashing the X Factor in the ratings, sort of la- end of last year. Um, 
in the sort of 16 to 34s and 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 you know 16 to 49s so they are definitely looking to sort of ride that wave uh forgive the pun for blue planet um and and try and do the same with, with this and you know it, it looks fantastic of course it does it's blue chip bbc um what else should we be looking at from that side? Because it feels to me, Stuart, like you probably know BBC Worldwide slate better than they do at the moment. Yeah, well, I have spent most of this week speaking to those guys, each of the genre chiefs. Um, so in Factual, there's there's a load of stuff. There's the uh, Spy in the Wild, which is on the Beeb over here at the moment. Um, I've been watching that. Not at least it's my kids really love fun, it. isn't it? Yeah, it's great, actually. That's That's good. They've got a, a big music slate. They've got the David Bowie film that just got picked up by HBO, a Niles Rogers uh, three-parter for BBC Four, which has just been announced as well. Uh, Love and Hate Crime in terms of kind of crime and current affairs, which is still hot post-Jinx and Making a Murderer. So the factual slate's pretty full. Um, in drama, there's Broken that we've mentioned already, but there's also an interesting comedy called White Gold. That sees a few of the tweeners uh, gang getting back together it's set in the 1980s the artwork looks great it looks like great fun as well kind of Ford Cortinas and an ill-fitting suit set in the world of double glazing salesmen sex, drugs, rock and roll and double glazing I think is is the pitch there so that's one to look out for as well Um, so moving on from the UK uh, I've spent a percentage of the last week or so in Berlin a uh, little bit of, of tourism and then over for the in, uh, the Berlin Arle International Film Festival which a uh, few years back launched a TV day you know and this is tying into this wider narrative of TV companies uh, sorry TV days being added to film festivals basically because there is a feeling within the entertainment community that the best ideas are now going through TV rather than film. I mean, it's, it's the argument we've heard a million times. What I will tell you from having spent three or four days at uh, Berlinale is the film people... You know, the, the difference is now film people really see this as a standard part of their business. Like, TV is now not something that's completely separate. They're, they're, the meetings are between film talent and TV producers and commissioners and that there is a huge blurring uh, between the two genres but it certainly isn't you know TV producers with good ideas going to film producers it's the other way around 100% and it sounded um, you know from, from what you said Jesse and speaking to other people who are out there that it was quite chaotic but maybe that's much that's to do with the organisation and the organisers more than kind of the, the actual things that are being discussed but what, what was launched out there what was what were people talking about um, so ter- yeah I mean I'll, I'll prefix this by saying you're absolutely right the organization was was chaotic to say the least um there were uh yeah i, th- I think there probably are cultural differences between film and tv which maybe i found slightly uh slightly perplexing at times tnt series which is the german turner general entertainment channel has been moving into original content over the last few years through things like weinberg which is a, a mystery drama and they've done some sort of shorter form stuff or mini series uh and they were launching a new series called four blocks uh which was shot in berlin so you know a good place to launch it it's about uh, sort of Arab drug dealers and there's a, it's a cultural um, and, and political and social issue out there that there are parts of Berlin where the, there are big uh, groups who are dealing and kind of being 
allowed to by by government. Um, I'm, I managed to stagger into one of these areas by mistake uh, whilst I was on my travels around town, uh, which was... Uh, I, I hope l- it was by mistake, Jesse. Yeah, it was a little bit sketchy. But yeah, that looks fantastic. It's a really cool German language drama. There's, I think there's a sense that there's a lot of interesting stuff going on with German drama at the moment. You can see Babylon Berlin, probably the most expensive series ever to come out of Germany. Sure. Certainly the, the most expensive German language series. So, you know, it's not they're not pandering to international audiences. But I think a lot of the interesting stuff looks like it's on pay TV. The, the RTLs and Prozebans, they still love a procedural. You know, you're probably going to still see Bones in prime time, whereas... Babylon Berlin, the show you're talking about, Weinberg, which is actually being formatted elsewhere now into an English language show. They're all on, you know, the TNT series, uh, Sky Deutschland. That seems to be where Amazon, the, Amazon Germany. Amazon, of course, yeah. seems to be where a lot of the cool stuff is happening. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's fair to say, you know, it's a trend we've seen elsewhere. There is a sense, certainly um, at Turner, that you know, pay TV style drama shot in German. Is is a really really big opportunity for them. Uh, I, I interviewed Hannes Hailman, uh, who is he's, he's the MD of Turner and CEE, and he's kind of like the European link to the US. So he kind of talks to uh, Kevin Riley and and the the teams at TNT and TBS over there, where there are you know various things going on, and there's a kind of big channel rebrand and re-strategy going on, uh, and. Yeah, he's he just sees lots and lots of opportunity. Um, there'll be an interview with him in one of our upcoming magazines. So I won't give too much away, but but suffice to say that there is certainly a feeling that German drama is coming up. Uh, another interesting uh, chat I had was with the director of a Dutch show called Brussels, uh, and this is being billed as the European House of Cards. It's interesting. Oh, I thought it, that was Spin out of France. Well, here's a, this is competing for that title. Uh, interestingly, it's for another pay TV service, but it's for KPN in Holland, which is a, you know effectively like a telco, right? And they financed this show in its entirety you know, purely to drive subs, which all of the kind of pay TV providers are doing, um, and it's a kind of yeah, it's a kind of political intrigue mystery uh, come action series that really stylishly shot. Um, it was written by by an author uh, who basically wanted his vision realised on screen. Worked with a very small production team, and uh, Endemol Shine International now have picked up the rights to that. So it's gone out in in uh, Holland, did very well from from you know the data they have, and uh, Endemol's now taking that international. So that's that's an interesting one. So lots of good stuff coming out of Berlin, and it's it's good that. The TV, international TV business isn't completely fixated and just about MIP TV and MIPCOM. And there's lots of other stuff going on now. So you've got Rio Content Market coming up. There's something new in June, so I guess post between the MIPs, uh, called Connector Fiction, which is being set up in Spain uh, with some government support and some funding. Santiago de Compostela. Exactly, that's right. Big co-production forum. You know, Spain, not dissimilar to Germany in terms of having a burgeoning drama market, lots of interesting things going on, a lot of the pay TV people you know, commissioning interesting stuff as well. So I think that'll be worth keeping tabs on. Um, and then, in fact, before MIP TV, there's InTV, which is in Jerusalem, which is backed by Keshet and is kind of a big uh, Israeli get-together. But it tracks actually a, a very big international contingent as well. So Hugh Laurie's there this year to talk about the night manager, uh, Stephen Garrett, one of the producers, David Abraham from Channel 4, Morgan Wandell from Amazon, who we've talked about, uh, Craig Erwich from Hulu, 
Uh, so we're going to be reporting from that and, and heading over and, and seeing what's going on there as well. As well as uh, travelling around the world to write about TV, we, we do stuff from our desk as well and, and get on the phone and speak to people. Uh, Jesse, what, what are the top stories on TBIVision.com? Uh, so certainly a story that you know clearly shocked the, the European business and the international business was the carriage war that broke out between Discovery and Sky in the UK and in Germany. Now, in the US, there are carriage blackouts all the time. There's constantly negotiations between content providers and distributors because there are so many stations groups and the way their system is set up that it's kind of it's very localized whereas this row in the UK was basically discovery's channels going off air if a, if a deal wasn't struck with sky which is the biggest pay tv operator in the UK yeah, and in Germany that's a crucial distinction but you you're absolutely right that this happens all the time in the US because there are so many MSOs but if you go off time on a cable that's a that's a that's a, that's that's a blow, and this this is but the European equivalent you, to that. You right? go off Sky, what that's like twelve million subs, leaving you with three something from Virgin and and some slim pickings elsewhere. So it's really interesting. And what was fascinating was to see that played out on social media, Discovery mobilising, you know, kind of keep Discovery, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Sky saying, hold on, this is an American company demanding a billion. A billion pounds, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It was all—it was all played out in public, in, in, it's, and effectively saying that they were getting diminishing returns from a number of those channels. Really, you know, pointing out that the Discovery Channel and one other, which which escapes me, really were driving all of the the, view, the ratings and for them, a, and that Linear was in decline. Discovery shoots back straight away, saying that their their deal with Sky precludes them from doing more outside of linear so it it got it got quite nasty and it was all it was all out there in the open but uh, they're if not best of friends they're working together anyway yeah there were two kind of uh, friendly but very spiky uh, announcements but then there were some you know subsequent comments made publicly again uh, both sides claiming victory so the the upshot was discovery channels will stay on sky there is a deal done we don't really know who's who's won you know that that's both sides will probably are claiming that they have won discovery uh, says it's got a more flexible deal and you know within days really of that that carriage deal being agreed has launched a new free to air channel called quest red a new female skewing channel obviously it's got tlc in pay so it's making some free tv moves as well discovery is you know, he's a company that generates a lot of cash, um, so it's interesting to see it do stuff in free. Uh, and let's not forget that ITV is arguably in play in the UK at the moment. And oh, cer- certainly, is, certainly, is there's you know that, that people are looking at, at ITV. And the pound is weak, so you know, for a US company, I'm not suggesting discovery for any US company. Suddenly, it becomes more I mean, realistic. I mean, the odds are shorter than they were this time last year, for sure. What's going on at Viacom at the moment, Stuart? I know you were writing that uh, well, whilst I was over in Berlin. There's, yeah, that's there's, right. There's well, movement there. The kind of the, the sort of Viacom Phoenix from the Flames story actually started at Natpee in Miami when Bob Backish, the, who was the international boss and is now the boss, replaced Philip Dumont, who over the past 18 months had basically been involved in lots of... He'd gone to war with the board, effectively. Yeah, exactly. And, and the performance of their channels was... was pretty bad yeah you know investors were unhappy it was it was a mess to be honest uh so Backish came in um and started talking about his turnaround plan he's unveiled that it's all about the six core networks um 
they're going to focus everything on these core channels. Interestingly, one of those, one of kind of the inner circle, if you like, is is Paramount. Now they were talking about getting rid of the Paramount Studio at one point. Now it's back in it's back in the fold. The Paramount Channel is going to be a new general entertainment network for the US next year. Already exists internationally, but that's that's a big deal. Launching. And they're they're getting rid of the Spike brand as a result, aren't they? Which is uh, that's you, right. You know, it's that's quite a significant and bold statement but by what, Bob Backish to say. You know, Paramount Channel is a bigger brand than the Spike brand. But what we're seeing here, Jesse, you know, we, we both we're both picking up on this is that the big big channel operators are really really focused on a smaller group of very very core brands. They don't necessarily want these big sprawling bouquets of channels anymore. Um, we saw Turner getting rid of True TV in the UK this week. There's no suggestion they're going to do that in the US, but in its international operations and in the UK, that channel wasn't doing very well. It clearly wasn't considered up there with the cartoon networks and CNNs that that are doing the business for Turner. But as operators, as Sky and others move away from, you know, 900 channels or however many channels they've got to focusing on the ones that are actually working for them, the people owning the channels in terms of the linear channels are actually also squeezing what they they have and focusing on the ones that are actually the big brands. Yeah, and we, we were talking about this the other day. Probably 10 years' time you'll find that you know, probably more than half of the channels on air now will be delivered in some other way. So it'll be, you know, subscription video on demand apps or it'll be, you know, there'll be some other delivery clearly because the, the, the people buying those channels just don't want that anymore. They're not they're not willing to put the resources behind Discovery, it. Discovery talked about it this week. Zatslav, their CEO, said, you know, 85% of the economics uh, around their channel deals comes from five channels. Uh, however, things like Velocity, even things like ID which are kind of more like niche, you know, they'd say super fan, they niche, have a really, really interesting future. But perhaps that's in, perhaps that's OTT, direct to consumer, whatever. But, you know, they're, they're probably not part of this kind of core, you know, classic TV offering. Onto the world of production. Lots of movement in the UK uh, in the last few weeks. So this is quite a UK-focused uh, episode, and that just happens to be the way TV seems to be in February now. So the management at uh, Warner Brothers Television Production UK, so that's Claire Hungate and Nick Emerson, who've been there for you know pretty much the whole, in fact, the whole time that that particular brand has existed. And, and when you say Warner Brothers UK production, what we're talking about what was Shed? Shed Media, effectively. So they've been there, you know, at the top of that that business for a long time uh, they, they're both leaving uh, as a restructure gets underway which is effectively I think designed to bring uh, the the Shed or Warner Brothers UK brand closer to the international business so it was interesting that Jeffrey Schlesinger the international president was quoted uh, in this restructure so, um, yeah. all of the production companies now I think there's like six or seven they they've got at the Ronald minute Huss. they'll run through Ronald Huss who is, has been based in the UK for a long time it, and it, it looks basically like they're trying to slightly centralise the, the production that's coming out of the UK. But then seeing those guys leave Warner Brothers was, was clearly a big deal. But we're seeing lots and lots of very seasoned UK production execs spinning out of deals, leaving the companies they're at, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And the big one this week was uh, the official uh, announcement of Tim Hinks and Peter Fincham's new production company, which is called Expectation or Expectation Entertainment. Uh, now, Tim Hinks was 
obviously the ex-president of Endemol Shine Group and Peter Fincham, you know, ex-Talkback and ITV controller. Uh, so they got together. They've got financial backing from BBC Worldwide, who've taken 25% in their business. Um, and they've staffed up with uh, a num- some Channel 4 execs and some ex-Endemol Shine execs. And, you know, they- they've talked about what I think they think the-, the-, the idea is to kind of keep it kind of focused on six core genres and I think I mean it wouldn't surprise me at all if in a year's time you know they are bought by a larger group or they decide to Is this a new super indie are they going to hoover up other companies is this this another Endemol or Shine or is it another Endemol Shine Well I I wonder I mean that they've I think they've they've gone publicly in in the UK press this week the UK trade press and said that's not the case but you know it certainly looks like it and they're big hitters aren't they they're two they're two guys who know how to build companies so you know, arguably, you could say that that might that strategy might change. That strategy of keeping things relatively small might change. We've also seen a development of a new kind of group in Canada in the UK. So, uh, a group called Q Media Group, uh, which is Peter Sussman and Stephen Silver, who used to be at E1, and they uh, bought content. They bought content, and they bought about five other companies. What what does that remind us of? Canadian company hoovering up. Some other small and medium-sized companies is very much like the E1 story. Well, you know, you could. There are certainly parallels there, and you do wonder, you know, and they're talking about buying, you know, dozens of companies. These guys, they've got money behind them. Uh, they've raised a load of money on the Toronto stock market, and yeah, they certainly look like they want to make some serious moves. So you've got, yeah, like you say, you've got these new groups popping up that are likely, you know, potentially in five five years' time to be the rivals of Endemol Shine and of Fremantle and, and, and of those players. And in terms of thinking about, you know, what's a new Endemol or what's a new Shine, uh, maybe Liz Murdoch's doing something on, at the same time as all of this is happening. There's Yeah, there's multiple ways this story will run and we're going to make sure that we keep you updated on all of those through our news and through our podcasts. But for now, Stuart, have you got anything else? I'm, I'm pretty much out of talk. No, we didn't even have time to talk about how Amazon is now beating Netflix in the UK, but it is, and that's interesting that those guys suddenly have gone from, you know, very much second place, but the Grand Tour is... Uh, bear with me, driven them to number one in there terms of streaming. Uh, so, yeah, there's that going on. Uh, but no, we'll, we'll report back from the rest of the UK screenings. From- I mean, you can you can read more about what we've been talking about today by downloading uh, our digital uh, edition, which has gone out today. We are recording on a Friday, so you'll probably be listening to this early next week. Um, uh, yeah, get your hands on that. That's got much more detail on all of this stuff. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you again. 